Food boys. Yeah. We got uh, a tough clan gang going around and we're afraid of them, that's all. We're quite afraid of them there when we meet them there. But we, so far, I haven't had any direct contact with them, you know, myself personally. But I know they're there and we'd, we'd be panicky about them going around in the night there, going, if it gets anywhere after 11 o'clock. I, so far, I've been very lucky though. But uh, I have had a couple of uh, close marks, all right. I, I just got blocked with three of them one night and looking for cigarettes and looking for money and all this. And then they, they threw on me, all right, but I, I evaded it, you know. A voice on O'Connell Street, Dublin, more than 13 years ago, April 1975. An elderly man expressing his fears with regard to the increasing threat of personal attack in the city centre. At that time, we were gathering material for a documentary series about the emergence of boot boy gangs with their regulation gear of tartan scarves and hobnail boots. The boots, as well as being the height of fashion, were effective weapons. For the programme, we also went out to the suburbs, to St Anne's Park and Rohini, where we discovered that the gangs there were more structured and were mainly engaged in inter-gang rivalry. But in the city centre area, there was much more emphasis on basic economic survival. Having left that frightened old man on O'Connell Street on that evening in April 1975, we made our way to the nearby area around Foley Street, where we spoke to two separate groups of young people aged between about 13 and 16. And they spoke frankly and openly about the quality, or rather lack of quality, in their lives. Well, 13 years later, with the help of local social worker Clem Monaghan, we managed to trace four of the original group, and again they spoke frankly about their lives in the intervening years. But first, we're going back to April 1975, to that first group we met in Foley Street, who were joined by a young married woman from the area. Not surprisingly, perhaps, the first target was their treatment by the local police. Um, just because it was named the street and where they lived, that's yeah. all. And just taking in for some place for question. Then they make you make statements. They have no reason for bringing it in. But you see they come out with a few charges because they charge you. So what happens? Were you taken to court and... Yeah. And what happened? I was up there for them. Cares. Didn't do some of them. Just... I was made make statements to them. And then when they come out, coming out of the station, you have about... You're supposed to only have one charge, you come out with about seven or eight. What happened, though, in court when you appeared You get remanded. <coughs> I was put back for sentence on the 23rd of May. So you don't know yet? Oh, no. Put back for certain means you get put away when it comes to the right age. See, when they take it in, they, they say that they sign you at such a care, and you say, right, you charge them with it. And when you, when you try and get smart at them, you know, when they try to fight back them, they, they give you a few digs in the face, you know. And if you don't make a statement, they won't let you know. You know. Do you feel there's anyone you can ask help of if you're oh, in a position yeah, like that? Yeah, there's an illegal aid thing down there in the co-op shop. Yeah, but they're not they're doing much not. you know. Why not? Because only time we ask them, they say, yeah, we'll do it. And when, when they do it, have them, you know. They, they won't come back and tell you or nothing. Now, I'm on two years probation, you know, when Paul's been getting a job, and he never came to the door yet. And if he doesn't come to the job, you know, the door, between two months, I get put away, you know. Mm-hmm. So, if he doesn't come, the probation officer was supposed to get me a job, you know. Yeah. And the social worker was supposed to get try and get ton- contact with them, you know. There, there is a lot the of, um, you know, breaking into cars and so on around yeah. here. Uh, obviously, some people do it. So so why why do they do it? 
But they mentioned Foley Street where they live, they won't give them a job because it's a bad name, you know. It's a bad name, the street. The neighbourhood around it. All Shamrock Damon Street, Liberty House, all over. You'd want to live out in a house to get yeah. a job. So uh, you don't feel that there's uh, a lot wrong with taking stuff from cars? No. Because no. no. you got so used to it, you don't mind, you know. It's like when you see you know, the small kids are doing it. You see the big kids doing it. You know, if you're you standing at, at the corner now, Say you street and you saw a police woman in with no big transistor or something. Wait, you said that they have to cut this in. Right? You, you, you just want to go out and do the same, you know? Yeah. Try to beat them, them, you know? Try to beat them. them. You, know? you wouldn't get one, you wouldn't see Judah Felders that's been doing the care going into the store well, street. You know? Even if you wasn't there, so you might as well do it. When you see somebody walking down O'Connell Street, you know, dressed in really nice clothes, obviously with a lot of money, how do you feel about it? I feel I'd love to be in horse shoes. <laughs> I know, I don't. Don't bother with them, they're too, they're too big headed. Call them old bollocks and that. You know, because anybody with too much money. It's unfair to us, you know. We're all living in tea and they, you know. They get, we go around and they go around, they just make a little you know. Are you, are you happy living here? If you had a choice to live anywhere... No, we'd stay here. They were supposed to get knocked down. People wouldn't move out, so they stay there. You know? We like where we're living. It's only it's dirty. But That's all. I use the door to... You forget the spins in the street, you know? Houses, yeah. If there was houses here instead of flats, it'd be green. Well, the people, you know, the people, people would keep it clean. They wouldn't let the kids wreck it or anything. They'd keep it clean, but it's the dirty bins in the hall. And the kids is going down, you have to go down the street to play and there's traffic running up and down all day and the small kids is getting knocked down. And the corporation is supposed to be sweeping the stairs every morning and, and they, they, don't, do they only go to the first landing and sweep down one of the first landing. And you know, they don't go to the, they don't, they don't go to the other three now. Whatever about those complaints, they're irrelevant now. Many of the blocks of flats have gone, demolished to make way for inner city housing. The boys went on to talk about their social lives, girlfriends and fun, but also we hear warning noises about the drug scourge which was about to break on the city within a few short years. I'll take a few on now and again. Do you go off for that, you see it's gay. <laughs> it's the way they look at it. You're a Scotsman. Yeah. Oh, but, but you, can't, you can't keep your own steady around here, you know? You can't keep your own steady around here. I had the own. I had the own. You know? Any time you come in, you, you know? Just... The few young ones I was going with couldn't keep them steady. Well, so, would you keep keep a young one steady if you? If I knew she'd say, you know, if she knew, if I knew she wouldn't go out with anybody else, I would. Yeah. Why, why did they go off with other people? Like them, you know, with, you say if he bought a jewellery like a ring, <laughs> and she met someone else and he was good to her, but she'd go out with him for a night and say it's me birthday and get something off him, then go to someone else and say it's me birthday and get something off him, and it wouldn't be a birthday at all. You know. Just keep getting what you can get. How old are you, by the way? You're married with two children. Twenty-two. Twenty-two. How old are your children? Three. Age, Adrian is three and Alan is nine months. Are you going to have a, a whole pile of kids or are you...? I'm going to have twelve. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I like kids. When they cry, I don't like them. When they kill them. <laughs> what about... Uh, I'd like a house forced <laughs> up before I have any more. 
I wouldn't raid any kids up there because I'm terrified of when I let her down to play. It's the only night I can let her down in the summer nights because there's no traffic going up and down. But the winter, just be too cold then to go out and play. And she's got to stay in the house all the time? Just stay in the house all the time. So is all the other little kids around. I'm not only speaking for my own, I'm speaking for other the drugs and so forth. Is there any, and do you ever go in for that? No. Hash. No Smoke hash. hash. And show cigarettes. Uh, thing will put you on a, you know, a little, little bit of a... Set you know, dizzy. Set you no. dizzy. You know, it keeps you happy. Keeps you merry, you, you know. Keep yeah. You keep laughing. You keep laughing. You go into things. Well, we wouldn't go near acid or nothing, you know. Yeah. Like but is there a lot of it around? I mean, if, if you oh wanted to score some <coughs> dope, could you, could you get it around here? Oh, yeah. yes. You couldn't tell you how the names are. Oh, no, 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 I don't. <laughs> what about money? Is it expensive? Oh, yeah, some, you know, you get some blouse, give it to you, some blouse, give it to you. Well, you could be getting yeah, frequent enough. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's a good yeah. stuff. Well, it is. To give you on a, um, on a trip. Would you, you could put that, you on a trip. Would you say that again about the, about what? You could get treated what? You could get a, a bit of a knockso on the thing. Mm. It's the same as, a, you know, a bit of a knockso on the silver paper. You wouldn't know what it is. You think it's actually... It's no, you get some pounds. some blokes who you know quite well, you know, give you a bit of cheap. Because you get blokes who, you know, for a bit of that size, you get blokes, give it to you for a bit of five or something. And then you get blokes who give it to you a bit of, for a bit of four pound, three pound. Yeah, where does it come from, do you know? I, I don't want names, but I mean, does it come from the docks or does it come? How does? What country from really? You know. What country? What country? All around the country. You know? Some people make a lot of money. Did you know of it? Well, they do. Ah, yeah. yeah, they do. You know. What kind of money would you? You know, would they earn a hundred quid a week or something? She would. Yeah, Probably more. Good, you know. Would, you would they be your own age? What? Would they be your own age? No. Oh no. Not hippies. You know. Yeah. Some junkies, you know. Weirdos. You get you get a few of them, you know. There's blokes, you know, they're just like us eighteen, you know, and they do sell it for the blokes, you know. Do you feel in any way uh, isolated from the rest of the, the people. Do you feel yourselves to be special or different? I know, we're all the same. We all, we were all raised together. No, I mean compared to the rest of the people in Dublin, people who live in Finglas and Drimna, yeah. even Fox Rock. You know, how do you feel? Well, they were all them. You know, they know them. You know what I mean? They have a house. They're big. They can hold up their head. We can't. We have to hold theirs down. We're from the slums. That's the way they look at. And in spite of large-scale demolition and redevelopment, there are still slums in Dublin's north inner city. For those programmes 13 years ago, we also recorded an interview with a second group of young people a short time later. It was in the doorway of number 30 Foley Street. The evening was drawing in, it was getting dark, and they were about to set off on a nighttime expedition. The first two lads we would interview again this year, but the inevitability of a protracted life of petty crime was already evident. Well, I guess raised the uh, last horse and I have a wedding, you know. And uh, they dumped me on seven other charges. So they kept me in custody for uh, a week. Now they brought me up to the bridewell and there's hell in custody there for a week. I went up today and I was remanded again on bail. Mm-hmm. So. What, what did they say that you did? Or, uh, you know, robbing cars and all, you know, breaking into shops, all this, you know. Did you do it? Yeah, I did. I did do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what happens to you now? I don't know. Yeah. I took up next week. Will you, do you think you'll be sent away? I. I will be sent away. That's. Where? Patrick's. For how long? 
Oh, 12, 12 months. What'll happen when you come out? I don't know. I had to see it till I come out anyway, you know? Yeah, I mean, do you, do you think you'll come out reformed? Or do you think you'll do the same things again? Probably will do the same things again. What's the point in sending you away then? I don't know. You did some time before? Yeah, I done uh, 12 months. Then I done two years before that. It's just the police that get the satisfaction of you. Yeah, they do be glad, you know. They do be glad, yeah. Who's glad? The police, you know, they, when they get you into the station, they hit you and all, you know. Then they laugh at you. They laugh at you when you're getting charged and when you're up in court and you're going away, they just say goodbye to you and you're gone. You do your, your right time. Do you think you're that important to the police, you know, that they'll take a lot of trouble to get pleasure out of seeing you go away? Well, well if they, they, they never catch the big fellas. So if you can't catch the big fellas, and have to catch us. Who are the big fellas? Who are the big fellas, you know, who does big strokes, you know, jobs. Right. Jewelry jobs and all. Well, if they can't, if they're not going to catch them, they have to catch them. So that's going to be us. Yeah, what about yourself? Um, I was in a pantomime in the kindergarten, and I was coming home from the kindergarten, and I was going around to my friend, and there was a window broke, and I stopped at the window to talk to a friend of mine and I went in, in to see my friend and I come back out and I was just going home and I stopped to see him again to ask him was he going to the club and next was just a big scatter and I was taken and the blame picking it on me for doing it. Do they, do they have any proof or is it just because you were standing there? They've no, they've no proof, they've no evidence that I done it because the policeman said to me, Janie, I was standing over there looking at you. And those, before I came, you know, there was a couple of lads around there, you know, and why didn't he, if he was looking at them, why didn't he come over and leave them, not me? What do you think is going to happen to you? Uh, I'll probably get taken again. And I won't get probation. I'll get a... Uh, probably find or turn away down right. to Clomel, Clomel or Dangan or Lusk. Have you been to any of those places before? I've been, in Saint, I've been in St. Lawrence's School, Fingless, Denisal Brothers. It's only a boarding school. But I, I, I mean, this over here done 12 months. Why? Because school attendance and Robin. But you weren't in court for that? Yes, I was, in, I was in court for robbing and school attendance. When I was up for the, when I was in for the school attendance, I was let off, and then I started going to the school. But when I started robbing, I was up again, and she said, "Well, I let you off the last time, but not this time." You said you started to rob. What age were you then? Oh, uh, was around eight or nine. Yeah, why did you start? You know, just wanted things. You know, like a bike. I just walk there, just walk into Ronnie's and take a bike. Run out there. That's what I wanted it. You don't see there's anything wrong with that? <coughs> well, no, not, re not really. I know I'm doing harm on other people because they have to buy the stuff, but we have to end the stuff. Well, I'll tell you this much. I'm going to keep on robbing, you know what I mean? It's no end to me, anyway. Where, where are you going now tonight? Where are you going tonight? I'm going nowhere. I'm not only getting no projects today, there's nowhere to go. Have you any money now? 
No, I haven't. Any money at all? No. None. What do you do for money? I'd probably go out robbing now. You know what I mean? It's now summer 1988, and I'm back in the same doorway, number 30 Foley Street, where I first talked to some of the locals in 1975. Do you remember it, uh, George? Yeah, I did. Uh, it was very bad. There was no jobs or nothing for us to do, and it's still the same. Nothing's changed? No, just, uh, just that they took down a good flat that we used to live in, Foley Street. It used to be good living here one day, but see, when the lock goes out of the area, it's, uh, it's hard to say, you know, like, the lot was now moved on, a good few was moved on. Good few of you moved on. What about you, know? Have you moved on? No, I'm still around the area. Married three kids. How has it changed? It's not really changed about the area. The area's still the same way, you know what I mean? It's just that people just moved over, that's all, you know what I mean? All the lads you used to knock around with, how many of them are still here, how many of them moved on? Well, so there's only one or two just moved on, but the rest are still all around the area, you know? Larry, will you join us? We talked yeah. to you as well on the programme. Yeah. Tell, tell me about all the changes now since we were here last. What's gone? What's still here? What's changed? Oh, that's, that's a terrible lot has changed, you know, Pat? Uh, Foley Street is gone, the buildings is gone. You know, our, our football ground and all is gone, you know. When we used to play football along this street, you know, in the night time, we used to have a very good time, you know. But now it's all getting it's all pulled down, you know. What did the young fellas now who are 15 or 16 or 17 do in the evenings, the way you used to play football, as well as other things which we'll talk about in a few minutes? Oh, well, do you just, you know, do you just walk around, just... Doing, say Robin, if they can, you know, it's 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 very bad, you know, because there's nothing, nothing really to do, you know, for the kids. I want to talk to you all about what happened to you in the last 13 years since we were here, George. What about you? What's happened to your life over the past decade and a bit? Just bad all the time. There's nothing. There's nothing in this country for us. Have you had a job at any stage during that period? I had working on a building site and I had to give it up because I got dermatitis. You had to give up the building? It was 12 years, and I had to... You had a, a job, though, for 12 whole years? I was a bricklayer, and I had to give it up to count dermatitis. So for, for the bulk of the time since we last talked to you, you actually were in employment? Yeah. What about the lifestyle you've had here? I mean... Has it been good? Have you had, say, some of the, the drug problems in the area that some of the other oh, parts yeah, had? Drug pro problems all around the area, but uh, I, I wasn't touching any of them, you know. And in terms of the kind of things that were going on at the time, we were talking about robbing and the, the rows between local lads That's and the guards. I mean, has that changed? That's still going on. Why do you think that is? There's nothing else in this country for anybody to do. The price of things has gone up disgraceful and it's just money all the time, paper wants. So they can't get it they can't get it by walking because there's no walk, so they have to go out and rob it. Thirteen years ago, what did you think you'd be doing thirteen years on? I tried having a, a better job and thing, but in count of the the says I got at the walk I had to pack it in. What's your family situation now? Well most of them is on drugs and they're locked up best part of times and 
we have to be out robbing for the, the drug habit. And some people have been telling us that the drug habit is more or less uh, defeated here, that, that with community effort and the local clergy, that a good bit of it has been actually oh, been controlled. Yeah, yeah set a quieting down an awful lot. You know, in this area, there was an awful lot going, but it's all at the quieting down. People would point to the new housing and so on and say, well, at least people have decent places to live. Oh, yeah, well, the new houses in Garner Street and Summer Hill is at a change in it, an awful lot, you know. But uh, suppose we think about 13 years on from now, and if you think about it, that'll be the year 2001. What do you think it'll be ha- will have happened to you in the intervening years? What would have happened? Well, I don't know. Have you any optimism at all that your circumstances will improve? I wouldn't say so. So I'll have to just pull out of this country. Have you got a family, wife, children? I've three sons, but uh, I'm just living with the girl. And how, how old are the kids? Uh, the youngest is one and a half and the eldest is just five. Looking at what you've been through, um, what hopes do you have for their future? There's no future for the kids. That's why uh, I wouldn't stay in this country. There's no future for them at all. What I went through, I'm not going to bring up me three kids in. Wait, wait, what about you? What's your circumstance now? You married, settled down? Ah, yeah, I got married. I, got, I met them off. I used to, see when Father's Day got knocked down, I used to live up some hill. I didn't really like it up there. And yeah, uh, I was gone with the mat at the time, still am. And yeah, uh, so I got married. I got a job, we were lucky to get a job, you know. The mat got me a job at that time. We were working in uh, cleaning, doing it cleaning, you know. And yeah, uh, so we got a few off together, got married. And I was still living up in Summer Hill at the time. And yeah, uh, when we, we stayed in Barmel for a few weeks, then we had to move out. And we, we, we come up somewhere here, living up somewhere here with me ma. And then they got knocked down, so we got a flat in Valley Walk. And it's all right down there, it was quite. It's not too bad now, it's like. So it's all right down there. Now, I have three kids now, and the eldest is what? Seven. And the youngest is 18 months. Are you glad to be out of this area the way it is now? Oh, well, years ago, you know, like it's, it's not too bad now because, yeah. Uh, no, I know everything is quite down. But a couple of years ago now, it was worse. Like, the yeah, drugs now are worse. And now, like, I had a few mates now, like, that were on heavy on the gear, and they're off and now. They're not too bad. But I don't see them as much. Any friends of yours been in jail or still in jail? Ah, yeah. Well, they're not friends, but I know them, you know. You know, there's a few of them. So I was in there myself a few times, you know. For what sort of things? Just dusting around, like salt, stroking, doing a few cars. Oh, they were years ago, you know. I, I don't do any of that now. Not worth it. What, well, what straightened me, you out, do you think? Ah, the Mom? kids. <laughs> no, nah, nah, the kids. Once the kids come into our life now, it's a different story, you know. But I have plenty of time to do it. See, I've worked now a few years. I had, a, I had, I had a bad old life. And uh, now just to take every day as it comes, you know. So well, you're you trying it. to make ends meet um, as best you can with uh, three kids. I mean, listening to what George said, yeah. what future do you see for those kids? I, I tell you the truth now, being honest. 
No, I don't want to cause anything. I'm weak. For uh, there's nothing in this town, you know. I was walking for a few years, going well, and all of a sudden I, I get cut off. And now what have you got? Well, right, damn, couple of years now I've been struggling. Right, the mat was going out there. She was doing a bit of work, and she got laid off. And doing a bit of work at the mama, but she had a broken leg, so she's not working there. All of your friends, how many of them would you say have jobs? None. The far as I know now, I, I know a good few <laughs> fellas. Uh, there's a few of them on the project around here, you know, but you're only on that for a few weeks. Uh, that's no use. Because I live like a, a king a, a few weeks, the next week. No, you're living like a king one week, the next week. No, you're doing nothing. You're living like a papa. See, that's what the few buff, you know, where the few buff comes in. You're still a very young man. Ah, uh, yeah. So there's still time to, to do something. I mean, maybe get out, like George suggested. I, I, I don't know. You know, I, I, I'd never get out because it's simple as I, I haven't got the education. No. I, I, I was skilled all my life. I hardly went to school. And uh, I, I left school when I was 12, 10. It's on the Mitch all the time. You I could went. live for another 50 years I don't without, think without doing another lot. day's work. <laughs> uh, I, no, I, I wouldn't last that long. I doubt it. I just take every day to come. I have an old dog now that keeps me out of my dog point because uh, I think I'm out and walks, go out and walks. And, now, what have you got? I think the little one. The, now, the little one with me as well, you know. But in the night now, we are chased off like you can just get up and go out on a walk with the dog, you know. What do you predict for, for your children, though? I mean, if this is the situation you find yourself in, how are you going to make sure? that they're going to be different? I they won't be different. I, I doubt it. You know, once I live in a flat, you know, they're, they're, as George said, no work, you know. Especially, like, they promised a lot of jobs in, that, in this uh, scheme on the case. Still had nothing. Like, as far as I know, well, that's what I had, as I taken there. Uh, the only skilled people on, you know. Like, that's crazy, like, you know, you want a fellow without an education. No, no chance. No chance. How about you? What's your situation at the moment? It's still the same, mate. Nothing's changed at all. I don't think so, anyway. No. What are you doing with yourself? Are you working? <coughs> no, not working. I had a job in 1980, uh, what was it, 79. I got laid after. Got another job then. I was on that for about six or seven months and I got laid after. So I started getting back into trouble then, locked up. It's the last sentence I've done was it was in 81. Got married then in 82. Three kids. So I don't think that this changed around the city. It's still the same way. Are you yeah. still getting into trouble? Yeah, a little bit now, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, just, like you get up in the mornings, you dress the kids, you bring them out, you, you're just sitting around here all day. So I, mean, so I don't think that this changed at all. The police are still hassling us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, nothing's changed at all. But basically, when. I talked to you in 1975, uh, Robin stuff was a bit of fun. Yeah. I mean, now that you've got family responsibilities, do you take a different attitude to it? Do you, do you explain it away in a different way? Well, I think, <coughs> as you say, uh, 70, what was it, 1975? Well, we were all young them days, but seeing that when you're married, you have your own kids, it's very hard to survive on the money that you're getting off the labour, you know what I mean? So you have to, you know, well, never go yeah, out with Tardy. You're only getting your own money, and you're in one hand. In one hand, it's got no other. So like you can't even go out for it. Say you know you're out or that like that. 
you know what I mean? give no choice but to rob. But this is it, you know what I mean? That's what I have to look at now with future. Same, same with the kids, you know what I mean? What happens though when you get locked up? Well, what do you mean? You know, if you're put away for a while, it means the wife and the kids have got to manage on their own then for a period. This, this is it, you know what I mean? Just the you have to take, you know, but like if you get away, you get away with it, you know what I mean? If you get caught, that's the responsibility you have to face. I know, hard case. I have to you know? say, if, if you can't deal time, don't commit a crime. crime. No. I'll give you a laugh. I, I went for an interview, right, in 1981. I was, I was locked up at this stage. I got an interview for the corporation, right? Now, it was out my old joy, I got an interview for. So, it only two weeks left out of my sentence. And I was brought down in the interview with two screws with me. Now, what chance did I stand when I walked in and there was three, three on the panel? And the screws walked in. You know what I mean? The interview was gone. You know what I mean? And yet they knew when they, they knew, accepted yeah. your application from yeah. Mount Joy that yeah. you were. Should I, the minute they walked in, I told them where I was out because I had no choice in the matter because I was brought down under escort. You know what I mean? And I had only two weeks left out of my sentence. So I, after doing the interview, I turned around to the, the three fellas that was on the panel. It was a word me while coming down on the interview. I said, you know where I'm over. I said, I've only two weeks left. One of them says to me, how long are you doing? I said, I'm only finishing 12 months. He says, what are you in for? So I told him I was only for you know, breaking into a burglary. He says, you think we're after committing a murder? Now he says, oh, you have, he says, there's people in the, in the corporation. He says, that's, you know, like, I had to be in stroke and that. But he says, I wouldn't trust you with a, a gang of men. He says, no, that, if there's that and stuff missing, he says, it'll all come back to me. Tell us what happened to you in the last 13 years since we last spoke in this doorway. Well, since we last spoke in this doorway, Pat, I've been in prison. For how much of the time? For 12 months. You know, I'd done 12 months after I'd done the interview with yourself. That was, I was 15 years of age when I'd done the interview with yourself. And uh, I was just going on 17. And I got 12 months in St. Patrick's Institution. Yeah. Now, that's supposed to be a corrective institution to to um, improve you so when you come out you'll be a better citizen what happened to you in St Pat's oh, when you come out a better citizen you come out there come out there wars <laughs> you come out you come out like you come out like Humphrey Bogart there with why what what happened to you there uh, well you know, I was getting hassled and all that you know screws you know well not you know what I mean hassled you know or, you know, getting into fights and all that with fellas and all that, you know. And when you came out, what happened to you then? I mean... When I, when I came out, uh, I got a job in Anko, course. I was with Georgie's brother uh, in Clontarf uh, in a church, uh, redecorating a church. But I was, I was only on that for... Um, uh, about five, six months, and then that's it. You haven't worked since? I haven't worked since. So you haven't worked really in eight or nine years? Uh, yeah. So how do you spend the time? Just stand around. You know, stand around the bookies. You know, if, if I have money, I do a bit in the bookies. You, know? you were getting into trouble with the guards at that time, and they were sort of picking you up for this, yeah. that and the other. Some things you might have done, some things you yeah. didn't do. It didn't seem to make that much difference. What about now? Are you still, to use your own words, stroking? Well, get my kin, you know. You can rob what you can. You know, if, if you know you get away with it. You know? 
or maybe don't rob. Well, I, I haven't, I haven't robbed a thing for a good while now, you know. But basically, if you don't rob, you don't live. That's it. But if, if I, if I seen now, if, if I was walking along and I seen, we say a, a handbag or something in a car, and say it was, it was in this street, I'd take it, you know. I just smashed the window and take it. Opportunity oh knocks. Yeah, that's it. Something opportunity. And what about your your uh, private life? I mean, did you get married or anything since? No. Well, I used to go like a girl. I have one child, but I never walked out. So we just parted, you know. Did you have any truck at all with uh, drugs in the intervening years, or any of your friends? No. Well, see, I have to take drugs, you know, on my own, my own self, you know, because I'm an epileptic, you know, and. You know, I have to take tablets as well myself, you know. So there'll be no question of mixing it with anything else? Uh, no. Dangerous? <clears throat> well, smoke a bit of hash. <laughs> That's it. Uh, Is that still going around? Ah, yeah. It's all, all still going around. Everything. I, I think you were one of the people who's telling us that in those days you might be sold an Oxo. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it, yeah. You can still, still be sold an Oxo these days. Yeah, you can still be sold an Oxo for a ten pound deal. There you go, deal, and you're smoking Oxo. Said Ash. <laughs> One of the things we talked about then was uh, religion and mass going and all of that. I know. We don't bother with that. We don't go to mass. We have our religion. We believe in God and the churches and all, but we just don't go to mass. Now a lot of the. The priests, I mean, you can mention, say, Father Lavelle and oh, so on, yeah. who fought very hard against yeah. the drugs and so on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, play tone, you, you know. don't go to Mass. You don't we just don't go to Mass. Father Lavelle is at the movie now. He's, he's gone he's got got to the Archbishop's house. The Archbishop's house in John Condra, isn't it? Yeah. And Father Casey's around there. No, Father Casey, he moved on. He's gone as well. But, I mean, what's your general attitude to, to Mass and the church and the kind oh, of things here in the Sunday? We believe in the church and all. Just no interest in going to Mass. And what about the kids? Oh, the kids goes with my girlfriend or there. Uh, I just don't go to mass. No, I'm, I, I, I'll, I'll be quite honest with you now. I, I want to, no, I don't go to mass. Because it's not when you get up Sunday morning dragging the kids out of you up there. Like, okay, I know my kids made a, the young man made a communion, but now I don't let my kids go. Well, I don't let them go to mass. Does that mean them not go to mass? Like, so they, they yeah. don't get brought? No, they don't get proud. I know they should go. But, uh, I'm not going to get up some Sunday morning slashing out to get the kids ready to go. Yeah, but you? Um, my wife takes them. She goes to half eleven mass. If she doesn't go to half eleven mass every Sunday morning, she goes to seven o'clock mass every Sunday morning. You know what I mean? But I, I, I do not go myself. Matter of fact, I'm going to a mass tonight. Well, it's, a, for a, it's an anniversary, so I'm going to the mass tonight. You have no interest in it? I have no interest in it at all, but just going, you know what I mean? Just in case. No, you're only going. Okay. Hey, okay, no. so that's all. How about you? Well, I, I don't, Yudi, I don't, I don't go to Mass, you know, but I do say a prayer, you know, you have to say a prayer, you know, but I still believe in God. I, I'm a Catholic, you know? Yeah, one of the things that we I said th- in 1975 was uh, talking about God and, and all that, and I said, what about the seventh commandment, thou shalt not steal? Well, so I wouldn't care about the seven <laughs> commandments. If we see, no, 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 if, no, no, no. if we if we see anything there that I can steal, I'd steal. Well, it has to be a um, And what do you say to God you? after you've done it? What? What do you say to God when you say your prayer then? I say thanks, done? Father. Thanks <laughs> for delivering the yeah, goods. Yeah, you got me a few gaggers. <laughs> We're down in the heart of the city, but still, 
we're in the middle of a park. Yeah. What's oh, yeah. happened here? This park wasn't here. No. no. Well, it was, it was Foley Street and the buildings and Corporation buildings. There was two blocks of Corporation buildings, and Foley Street was right here where we were stand where we were standing at the moment. And it just swiped out. Sad to see it go. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Yeah. That was a nice, nice old area. Great area. You know, what wouldn't have been as bad as like, it was here now. Wouldn't have been as bad as it was years ago. You know. The I mean, you know, you could have moved in here. You know, I tell you, if I was, I say if I was still here now, I tell you, I might be looking for a cafe. You know, it was a nice area. People who say would say, people would say, if yeah, you flattened the whole area and started from scratch, you'd be better off. Yeah. yeah. That's it. You would. Yeah, but it, it was a good area. You know, but there was. As we said, load of rob and all that. You know, those days. But now there's nothing, nothing to do. But there's a big Look. football pit there now, it's grand, you know. Well, we're looking like around it. Marina. We're looking at a little girl on her roller skates there, another girl pushing her doll's pram. I mean, they seem to be glad the park's here. Ah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a lovely park, I'll tell you. There's never any vandalism now at this park. Because if it was, like, don't. See, now you see the trade now, they're here, donkeys, yes. Yeah, and it's, this is the best park, Dublin. It is. Kept right. You know, oh God, it is. It's full of the environment, you know what I mean? It's kept clean. Well, you know, now you look at it, this is now for the park, now for the inner city. Yeah, look, it's bad. It's clean. There's no vandalism around there, you know what I mean? There's no such and such and body was here. Yeah, you know what I mean? No graffiti or anything? Yeah, no, yeah, you know, you say such and such was here on the tour at the end of 1981 or something. Have a look around well, you know, you go to other parks and some of them, the trees are falling, you know, the, some of them are uprooted and all that. I mean, this is the best park in Dublin. At this stage, we sat down on the park bench and played back on cassette a recording of the 1975 interviews which they were hearing for the very first time. They'd never heard it originally back in 1975. But first, an overall assessment of the present-day Foley Street situation from Clem Monaghan. He's a local man who went to England but returned to become the supervisor of the social employment scheme in the area. Um, it is a community, as it has always been, a very, very, a very, very close community, Pat. Um, there is a great, um, a great feeling of camaraderie among the, 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 the community in general and they're very protective towards each other and they share the, the social and the economic um, disasters that have befallen this area since the, um, the loss of the docklands and various um, foundry work in which people were mainly... Um, that was their type of work, you know, in the area. That, that's what afforded them their, their livelihood. And How bad is it in terms of unemployment then in this area? Um, well, statistically, um, the figure is somewhere in the region of 74%. Um, through our own um, personal survey of the community, we find that it's a more frightening statistic because, in effect, the 74% reflects the whole community in general. Um, when you take into consideration people under 25 from school leaving age to 25 years of age, it's somewhere in the region of 90 to 95%. What is it about employers that they won't give jobs to people who have addresses in this particular catchment area? Because there is potentially an awful lot of employment within a stone's throw of this area. Um, well, there is a degree of concern with certain employers. We have approached them in the past and we have said as community workers that we could identify certain people who are on um, say the particular scheme that um, 
I run here the social employment scheme. We can we can identify certain skills and punctuality and reliability and honesty and so forth, which would be a, a general asset to any um, potential local employer. Um, but um, a particular response we got from one major supermarket in the area was he accepted the fact that we could underwrite and recommend somebody, which must be a bonus to him. Um, he pointed out that they would be frightened from a position of, not the individual that we would recommend, but from a position of peer pressure, um, i.e. The, the, the lad or girl that could stock shelves or work a cash register, whilst they might be honest and reliable and punctual and uh, all these great at- attributes and, um, and handy, like close. Um, they feel that they may come under so certain peer pressure from their friends or whatever within the community, you know. Has the redevelopment of the area helped at all? It has considerably helped. Um, it has put a sense of, of pride and dignity back to the people. I mean, somebody has proven, and thanks to Tony Gregory, um, which is commonly called the Gregory Deal, but it, it's, a, it, it's, a, it's a pleasure for anybody from any area to come in and, and see the houses that the people have moved from these blocks of flats with no sanitary or washing facilities or anything to move into these beautiful little houses. And to see them, they're, they're upkept to a very, very high standard by the residents and they have a great pride, a sense of pride in it, you know. And um, we would love to see that expand. The people we spoke to in 1975 were always in trouble with the guards. I mean, whether they did the particular thing for which they were nabbed or not, they seemed to have an ongoing battle with the guards. Um, To what extent is that still the case for for kids of that age? Um, I think that has lessened. I mean, um, that has lessened to to a great degree. Um, There are some marvellous programmes within the community, and... The, the crime, it's, it's very isolated to a very, very um, small number of people. Um, it's not as, the crime rate is not as widespread as maybe the media does portray. Um, the problems are, the underlying problems that, that existed in, for those young people in them days are still basically the same, and it, for the short term, we cannot really see that. There is no particular program that, that, that can solve that problem on a short term, term basis. We are dealing, I feel, with on a long-term solution. You know, we have the young people early. In them days, there was nothing for those young people. There was no backup resource service within the community. There is now. So, hope for the young people of today's Foley Street, but not much for the group we'd been talking to, all now in their late 20s and early 30s, all without jobs, all had been to prison. And so to their reaction on hearing those 1975 recordings. I know that was that was my voice, but there's nothing has changed. Still, still the same. Still the very same. Ah, no, it's good to hear the old voice. Now you wouldn't think that was there 13 years ago. And, uh, Almost like yesterday. Yeah, well that's it. You know, but you know, 13 years fluent. You know, when you think of it now, like you know, we forgot all about even we did that program. Now until got the until he came down the other day, tell me. Well, we're getting on in years, and it's nice to hear their voice going back 13 years ago. It's very well, good. Could have been brown red. Could have been dead. Yes, yes. God knows where we're at the where we'd have been 13 years ago. Yeah, we're still living. Yeah. You you were saying that you were going to get put away for 12 months. Yeah. What actually happened? I got 12 months. I got 12 months. Uh, I think it was three or four days after that. And I, when I got back out again, I was, I was only back out. Well, after finishing the 12 months, it was caught about a half an hour after getting out after finishing the 12 months, I was back in custody after that. And it's still the same way. <laughs> you know 13 I mean? years and really yeah. no progress one way or the other? No, none at all. 
Do you know what I mean? It's still the same age, even this is 1988 and it's still the same age. Even though I'm married, have three kids, and it's just still the same age. And hopefully that'll keep on going like this, till eventually, till I get somewhere where it suit me, it's probably a job. Well, not hopefully that it'll keep going on like this the way it is. You know, hopefully that something will pick up for us, you know? Mm. We're all looking for the great escape. Uh, it's very hard to get the greatest escape, you know. You can't get escape from here. <laughs> no, the, only, the only way you would is if you got a few bob and you made your life somewhere else, but you, you won't make it in Ireland. We left them promising to return again in 13 years' time in the year 2001. <laughs>